Welcome to the Golden Age of Cardboard podcast, where we remember a time when stacks of cards were held together with rubber bands and Mickey Mantles were put in bike spokes. We hope you will enjoy and reminisce as you come along with us as we tell stories about the baseball cards from the Golden Age of Baseball. We will examine the state of the vintage baseball card market and talk to some of the greatest collectors in the hobby. You won't be hearing us talk about any chrome or shiny cards here. Now, to take you on this retrospective journey, here's your host, direct from the shallow end of the gene pool, my son, Mike Moynihan. Yo, and hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Golden Age of Cardboard podcast. Man, we are in, deep into October, and that means playoff baseball, which is so much fun to watch and see legends being born. I think Bryce Harper is for the Phillies is really making a name for himself as a postseason clutch guy. Jordan Alvarez hits balls to the moon for the Astros, and my Rangers are moving right along. Hopefully, they will be in the World Series in just a few days. I'm actually going to game four of the American League Championship Series on Thursday night, so I'm excited about that. But we will see. It's just so much fun to be watching baseball and playoff baseball. It's exciting and nerve-wracking all at the same time. But tonight we're going to do an episode where it's a revisit, okay? And that's a good thing because the episode we're going to be revisiting is one from June of 2022, June 15th to be exact. And it is the most watched and listened to episode of Golden Age of Cardboard that has ever been released out of the 100 plus episodes out there. And it was because we did a topic, I think, that people are just curious about. And that's kind of what's going on in the vintage world in terms of pricing. And so back in June of 2022, I had a gentleman on who helped. We kind of constructed this index and got data and stuff like that. And I'm going to bring him on now because we're going to talk about where we are today and what it might tell us about, you know, the future of vintage card prices. And that's John Wade Boggs fan. John, how are you doing? Pretty good, Mike. Glad to be back on. Only pretty good? Yeah. Okay. A lot, of, a lot of stuff going on, but no, every, everything's good. I, I can't believe that our episode back in June was the is the most watched episode of Bench, you know, Golden Age of Cardboard, because you've had some great topics, great guests. Uh, so maybe more people than us like to geek out. I don't know. Or money just drives the hobby. Yeah. People think about the money part of it probably more than the collecting part of it, which neither you or I are going to change that tonight or anytime soon. Yeah. That's just the facts of it. But I want to quickly revisit because we've done a lot of update episodes on your channel on Wade yep. Boggs fan on YouTube throughout. The, we started monthly and we're like, well, the data's not changing a whole lot. Let's maybe look at quarterly. And now we're even breaking down. You're, you're kind of kind of coming up with some new indexes to track some cool stuff to look at. And it's really just for fun. Yep. Uh, but in in a couple of minutes, just tell everybody what the Vintage 100 Index is so that they don't have to go back and watch the other video. Yeah. 
Um, this all came from a, a video that you did, and I think it was possibly the top uh, 100 uh, vintage rookie cards. I think you had compiled a list of rookie cards of Hall of Famers uh, from the late 40s, the Bowman era, all the way to, I think you ended it with the 80 Ricky Henderson. And you did you did some brief analysis, and you said, man, this would be great if someone could you know, go back in time and track data and all this stuff. And when I saw that video, I'm like, dude, that's right down my alley. I mean, I love number crunching, data entry, all that stuff. It's just, I don't know, I just love to do that. So I'm like, hey, Mike, I'll take this on. You want to be part of it? And so that 100 card list that makes up the Vintage 100 Index are the, for the most part, rookie cards of Hall of Famers. There are a couple non-rookie card Hall of Famers in there rounding out. I think maybe you had 80-some on your list. And I said, well, let's make it 100. So I threw on like the 54 Bowman, Ted Williams. Um, a couple, I think Bowman it was a color. White Evans rookie card. Yeah. You know, so he's not a Hall of Famer, but I, since, hey, it was my list, I'm like, I'm throwing it in. Uh, so I, I managed to find uh, 100 cards. And over the last year and a half, uh, again, we started monthly and then we're like, yeah, there's, there's not much change here. Let's wait to give it some time, uh, more perspective. And we're closing in on five full years of data. Uh, we have data going back to the beginning of 2019 now. Uh, and this is October. And of course, when we're talking about October, there's September prices. Uh, so it's always data from the month before. Um, but about four, five years of, of data. So we have a good, I mean, you can really see that bump up during COVID. And then, I mean, we'll, we'll get into some of the actual numbers, but that's how it came about. Yeah. The, the important thing to think about is we tried to not duplicate players. I don't think, I think it's a hundred different players, right? Represented. Uh, there might be a couple of, there's, there's a couple, there's like a Seaver and Seaver. his, his second year card, yeah. Nolan Ryan, his second year card. Cause it's his first solo. And again, I was filling in the hundred. So yeah, but we, we by and large, there's one mantle, there's one maze, yep. there's one, you know, Ted Williams. So it it's a good representation of the vintage market we used uh, and we have used the whole time. What we call a collector grade. When we didn't look at every PSA grade, we looked at one because it's yep. just the data is too. First of all, higher grades and vintage cards sell less frequently, so you're going to have a lot less data points. Yep. And so the lower the grade, so fives get. Uh, for the 50s, sixes, PSA sixes for the 60s. And we did only look at PSA. We're not looking at SGC or yep. any other grading company. Again, just to keep it relatively simple in gathering the data and not make it like a, a thing you have to do for a week to gather the data. Yep. As cool as that would be, because we're you're hand entering this and yep. you're doing a great job of it because I think I stopped entering data months ago, but you've been keeping up with it. And it's it's going to be fascinating as we walk through this. We have a some uh, slides to show just to kind of talk through it, and we'll put that up here. Yeah. But this is again, like you said, the October report, so it's end of September data, and we're using VCP to get our prices. So it shows VCP is very comprehensive. It shows eBay sales, auction sales. It does nothing shows private sales, so we can't know you know, at a card show or something yeah. when somebody's paying cash, what a certain card and a certain grade is selling for. So it, look, this is meant to be an indicator, not, not gospel, 
right? Yep. On and, and, it's, and it's not like, hey, these, these cards are a good buy or now it's time to sell these cards. This isn't an investment thing. This is just trying to see where, where the hobby in general is going. And it's a small sample. Got 100 cards out of the entire vintage market there. I mean, it, right. it's, it's, it's a small sample, but it's of the bigger players, the more that the ones that maybe get more attention. So, yeah. Well, I'm excited to go through this because I've already seen the slides, but it's uh, some really cool data. And we start with, I can get it to go forward. Hang on. There we go. Uh, the index itself, you know, you're showing from March to October, which is really September, uh, you know, six ish months, a little over six months. Yep. And the market's going down, right? We're down 7% year to yep. date. In 2023, the index is down 10%. So on average, these cards, and by the way, they're, uh, there's no waiting to them. They just, yeah, this is the, actually it's the total price of all the cards divided by a hundred. So the average yep. card costs 1200 bucks or $1,100 right now. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's the way to look at it. And, and very quickly for those who, if this is the first time seeing this index and want to know what specific cards make the hundred index, uh, Mike, I'll have a, uh, give you the link to the video that I outline all the okay. cards that make up the index. So you can check the description of the video and there'll be a link to the video uh, that outlines exactly what cards are in the index. And if you're li listening on podcast, you'll just have to go to YouTube one yep. for the first time in your life, I guess. <laughs> but this is, this is telling, it's not like a, the cards are cratering, which is kind of the story of vintage. You never see them have uh, huge drops, right? Right. There's not these precipitous, falls of vintage cards you, you kind of hope it steadily goes up over time but from where we were in covid and kind of the the sigh of relief in the hobby from that i think we're still seeing the effects of that what do you think yep and, and the the thing to keep in mind here is that when you see these fluctuations even in the index from one month to the next when you're dealing with vintage, even though we're dealing with a particular grade, there is so much difference between the eye appeal of one PSA 5 versus another PSA 5. You also have the difference that we have auctions and buy it nows included in the data. So you could have someone hit the buy it now at one price and then next month an auction comes up and they're able to get it lower. What well, does that... So... And one card versus the next could sell higher or lower just on the eye appeal. One may be centered better than the other. So there's a lot of factors here that you say, oh, well, it's going down 7 or 9%. There could be a couple cards that had a really big bump up because there's a really nice example, maybe undergraded. And you get a bump up in price, which affects the index. And so, again, keep everything with a grain of salt here that it, it, this isn't the same as modern cards where a nine is a nine, a 10 is a 10. And sometimes you can't even tell the difference between the two um, with vintage. It's different. Yeah. I've got a Mickey Mantle coming a PSA four, a 66 tops. Don't, not, a, not a huge card, a couple hundred dollar card, but I have a three and a half in my collection. And so um, I'm going to sell one and 
I'm going to probably keep the three and a half. It looks better. Yeah. So like you said, there's I appeal matters. And we just look at the, we don't look at, oh, this is a really good one. Let's, let's not include that because not all of them look this way. That's no, we just look at whatever the last one sold in the month. We're not averaging the prices or anything. It's literally the last one. So look again, like, like John said, take it with a grain of salt. It's not perfect, but it's something. Yep. So what I think I want to go to the next slide because it talks about the index from a graphical standpoint, going all the way back to, like you said, the very beginning of 2019, where we have data. This is just an interesting chart. And it, the longer we go on this second steady line, right? Mm -hmm. this second steady period, you can easily see how vintage works, right? Pre-COVID, pre you've got slow ticks up, right? Not yep. tremendous moves, but kind of that, you know, little bit at a time. Then we see the, the COVID spike, which happened actually later than the modern uh, spike in COVID. Mm -hmm. For modern cards happen much earlier. People go, oh, modern's too expensive. I'm going to start buying vintage. And you saw vintage spike really basically a year after COVID kind of hit. Yeah. And that continued for a little, for not very long, a couple months. And yep. then we quickly kind of got back to another level. But you can see that that level has been pretty steady. I mean, there's definitely some movement month to month, but. Yeah, it, it's eroding a little. Um, I, I think there's still because if you notice before COVID, like you said, it, it's it's a slow and steady. But over time, over that two year period before the big bump, you had what what I always considered vintage is yeah nothing fancy, nothing big. Over time, they just slowly go up in value, and I think post COVID and everything that's just so many things were going on economy, hobby wise, you name it. I think the post COVID, we can clearly see here, we're, we're, I think we're still trying to find that, that footing before we get back to the slow and steady uptick. We'll see, maybe, maybe another year's worth of data. We'll start seeing that, that trend goes slightly up right now. It's still trending slightly downward a little bit. And I don't think that will go back to pre-COVID levels. I think that's an important thing to point out. I think vintage, I think it can go down a little bit. Uh, I'd be surprised if the index got below a thousand. Yeah. Which is where it was all pre-COVID. Mm -hmm. uh, that would surprise me. Uh, I think we've, you know, you can see we've kind of set a bar. And I love that what data tells us, especially when you can visualize it, right? Yeah. You, you can't see a pattern until you have enough data to be able to see a pattern. Mm -hmm. And we're starting to get so many data points. Uh, it's it's really starting to make a story, and I love it. Uh, yep. Moving on to the next slide here, we've got the index you can see, which is basically a, a replication of the last um, slide. But you can also see what I love. So you have the index over on the right of this slide, and then you have the percentage change, basically month, trailing 12 month percentage change, which is a wonderful indicator of the direction, right? That's a directional piece of data. Yep. And yep. you can so see this, down, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you can see the trend line there going down because you've had several months post COVID 
that on a trailing 12 months basis, you're, you're in the negative. Right. So it's, again, it's, it's putting pressure. There's, there's pressure being put down on card price, vintage card prices, at least the ones in the vintage index overall be, between the hundred years. Again, you're going to get some that are still doing well, some that aren't. And it's, it's the, in the totality, but you can see that that 12 month trailing uh, performance and, and it's, it's hovering at zero or just below. Right. So it's basically means every month it's looking back 12 months and are we positive or negative from that point? It's, yep. it's very cool again to see, wow, it's not moving a lot. And plus you see that it also, it's a degree of volatility, right? Mm -hmm. So it, if it's close to zero up and down, you know, plus or minus a little bit from zero, that just means it's kind of staying steady. It's, there's not a lot of volatility to it, which we would expect there yep. to not be a lot of volatility in vintage. That's what people preach. That's what experience tells us. And we're seeing that play out in the data. That's what I love when you have a hypothesis and the data only re either reinforces or, or makes you change your hypothesis, right? Yep. Now, again, this, this is a look back. This isn't a indication of future performance. Right. This is the 12-month trailing. So what had it been, has it been doing over the past 12 months? So I feel so bad for people listening to this on podcast. Cause <laughs> yeah. the, maybe you'll, this will be a video people go watch. Uh, it'll be on bench clear media, by the way, if you are only a podcast listener and you want to see these slides, uh, they're worth seeing John's put a lot of work into this. Here is the, 40s so now you break it down by decade which i yep. think is really great because you know each decade kind of has its own big cards right and you know you see more or less different types of volatility among the different decades mm -hmm. the 40s saw the COVID spike right yep and but it's down more than the index year to date down more than 11 or almost 11 percent yep but since that's for 2023. If, if you look at the quote unquote COVID spike for the 40s, it's not that much lower as right. opposed to the index as a whole. If anything, as you can see there in probably mid 2022, it was higher than the COVID spike. And even hit a peak, like a, an all time peak, quote, yep. quote unquote, in uh, April of 2023. Yep. Now, again, we have 19 cards, though. So, again, smaller samples. So when you have a smaller sample and you get one or two cards have a big sale, it, it, it impacts it, which to give a little foreshadowing, and, and Mike talked about uh, uh, some of the indexes here, uh, one of my current projects is to, in addition to this Vintage 100 index, since I've broken down cards from the 40s, and we'll see a, a graph here of the 50s and 60s and 70s, is I'm creating three more indexes of 100 cards each. Now, there's going to be components of this Vintage 100 index. So the 19 cards from the 40s is also going to be in the second index as well. And so there's, there's going to be one index for, the, for cards from the 40s and 50s, another index of 100 cards from the 60s, and another separate index of 100 cards from the 70s. Nice. So that'll be in addition, hopefully in a month or two, again, there's a tremendous amount of data uh, to enter, um, that it, it'll give beyond this Vintage 100 index a little more insight, more data points, 
to talk about the differences between the decades. I mean, John, why aren't you just doing this as a full-time job? I mean, surely. Hey, if it paid the bills, I would. <laughs> Somebody wants to pay you six figures a year just to no. go in input card data. No. Uh, looking at the 50s, this, this is where most of the big cards reside. This makes up a lion's share of the index overall. Yep. And there's 28 cards from the 50s. You can see that year to date, it's down about 8.5%. So lower than the index, meaning 50, 50s cards have held up better, right, than yep. the general index. That's yep. what you can interpret from that. What but do you, see you but Beyond the percentages, because I mean, when you think percentage, like, okay, well, what's what's 8%? So again, for those that are, that are listening on the podcast, um, the year-to-date um, reduction of about 8%, it essentially means that the average card in the index from the 1950s has gone down about $260. So from a from a dollar value, it went from you know a little over $3,000 to about $2,800, the average card from the 50s. So that's- It's significant. You know, yeah, significant. And it's significant because I think as a collector, right, we all want to buy the most cards with the least amount of money, right? Period, yep. paragraph. And so if I can save an average of $250 per card, yeah, that adds up quickly to serious money mm -hmm. to where now I can buy another card and another card that maybe I couldn't have bought had prices remained where they were. Yep. Makes sense? Yes. Okay. Uh, let's look at the 60s. Another 29 cards are represented in the 60s portion of the Vintage 100 Index. Uh, bigger percentage change. But because by and large, 60s cards aren't as expensive as the big 50s cards, like the Mantle Rookie, the Maze Rookie in the 50s, the 60s, you know, you have Aaron, I'm not Aaron, uh, Ryan, Seaver, Carew, Rookies, those kinds of yep. things. Big, big cards for sure. But Rose Rookie. Uh, Rose Rookies in there. Yeah. That it's down 15 and almost 15 and a quarter percent, but it's only $68. Yeah. You know, so. I think that speaks to your point that you made about the last slide, significantly more dollars, but this is almost double the percentage difference. Yes. Uh, but definitely trending down, right? Yeah. Yep. Certainly trending down if you look at all the data points. 70s. <laughs> 70s are sort of like the little stepsister of this index. They, they had the least impact um, of the of the cards in the index, but again, it, it you, ha you have to look at the whole breadth of the the vintage market from the '40s all the way to the '70s. It's vintage, but you're you're dealing with year to date down, you know, thirteen and a half percent. But we're talking about a twenty one dollar drop in the average price. So and still that again that can add up too, right? Yeah, every every little bit that we can save as collectors when we're buying cards, acquiring new cards, uh, is good. But you notice, uh, and, and again, you can stay on this slide here. That, that's fine, Mike. But for the 70s, uh, there really was, you didn't really see a COVID spike. Um, right. You saw it a little bit in the 60s. You saw it mainly in the, in the 50s and 40s. You saw the COVID spike. But you don't really see that in the 70s. Again, because I think... At the time, it was more, hey, I have some money here. These are, they, they looked to the, the, the 50s, I think. It was a very popular decade for vintage. And, and they looked at those stars, those rookies, whatever, 
and that's where they put their money in. 70s just didn't get a lot of attention, I think, with that COVID spike. Great point. Uh, we're looking at the combined index. It just shows you how dominant the 50s are in terms of affecting the index. And to your point, how little effect really the 70s, even the 60s have relative to the 50s. It, or, yeah, it's just a, it's the 600, it's the Microsoft, Google, Apple, you know, yep. in the index that just kind of, as the 50s go, so kind of does the index, right? Yes. And that'll be, that's why it's going to be cool to see you break down the decades and give even more depth to each decade by yep. having more and more cards from each decade. I think that's, that'll be a cool story to tell. Yep. I'll talk about this next slide here. Yeah. So in looking at the data since the, the last one that we did, which was back in March, which was a uh, uh, February's data, um, as I was entering the, the new price uh, data points, I noticed that there were two cards in the index that hit the five year that hit a five year low price sometime between uh, March here and, and October. Um, again, going back to the beginning of July. So we had again nearly five years of data and the, again, the general thought is that even over a long period of time, vintage generally tends to trend upward especially over a five-year period. But we had two cards here. Uh, one of them was a 65 Tops Catchfish Hunter uh, rookie card that in, that in October, and I believe, I'm pretty sure this was an auction, um, sold for 30 bucks. And I, and I looked at the image. It wasn't way off center. It, it looked like a nice, it was an older slab, but it looked like a nice PSA 6. And someone snatched it up for 30 bucks. October, mean, you mean September data or no? Yeah, yeah, September data. Yep. So someone in September, it was it was an auction, I believe, in September. Um, the other card that had a, a new five-year low was the 73 Tops Dwight Evans. Um, now, I did make a mental note. That was a golden auction, maybe one of their weekly auctions, um, $24 in July, which would have been a June, a June auction. $24 for a PSA 7 Dwight Evans rookie card. Now, it the next sale was much higher relative to that 24 bucks, but someone got a great deal and again, it was sharp looking. It it just but, it's like if you can buy a Hall of Fame rookie card Catfish Hunter in this case for yep. 30 bucks in a 6, <laughs> like I'll buy those all day for 30 bucks. You know? Yeah, I think they're normally, I, I, I don't have the actual data pulled up, but I think that's normally $60, $75 card in a PSA 6, something like that. Yeah, crazy. And Evans is in that 50, 60 bucks. Yeah, you can see here. So I, I went the wrong again, way. for those that are watching the video, I have a, a chart here of the, uh, did, did you bypass the? Uh... I did. Um, okay. And I don't know. Oh, I can go back. There we go. There okay. we go. Yeah, so there's a catfish hunter. So you can see it's 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 around actually 125 bucks somewhere around there, 130 bucks, and then you had that just absolute. <laughs> I I don't know. Uh, someone must have been sleeping for that auction or something, and someone got lucky. But yeah, and it's interesting. Again, we're pulling the last sale of the month, so yeah. it could have been. 50 or 60 bucks most of the month all along one auction happens to hit on near the end of the month it's the last sale of the month it goes for super cheap 
that's just the way the data goes. Yeah. You know, it we're not going to cherry pick the data and just go, well, let's use the highest sale or let's average them. If somebody else wants to average all the sales yeah. with the catfish hunter rookies, knock yourself out. But, you know, it spiked and it's probably conversely true that that one huge sale that we see earlier this year over, you know, close to 250 bucks was yep. probably an anomaly too. Oh yeah. And, you know? and, I, and I check when, when I do do the data, if I do see something that is either really high or really low uh, on VCP, most often you can check the image. That's the only time I check it. And if it, especially if it's a big spike, cause I want to make sure that it's not autographed because sometimes depending on how the listing is, VCP right. pulls one that, that happens to have an autograph. So I thought, well, maybe this is autographed by Catfish Hunter. No, it was a standard PSA 6 that had that spike, as well as the one that, that sold for 30 bucks. Fascinating. All right, now we'll move on to the Dwight Evans. Sorry. Right. No, that's fine. Too far um, on the slides. Yeah, as you can see, that that really low price there, and, and the next sale bumped right back up to its... I guess if you want to call it as current average. Yeah. Around 70, 60 yep. to 75 bucks, something like that. Yep. That's a card I don't have. I'm, I may need to. I, I don't have it either. I need to, to add that. I had, I think I'm missing his rookie and I think that's it. I think I'm only missing his rookie. Well, the album, Al Bumbry was a great player too. Oh, yeah. that card. Charlie spikes. Never heard of him. Okay. okay. All right. But so we've been talking about all this negative data, right? Everything's yeah. going down. Yada, yada, yada. What do you want to say next? But it's all—it's not all doom and gloom because there's there's a few cards here that we're going to show that again. When I noticed that there were two cards that had recent five-year lows, there were what, five or six, I guess, on the next slide here Let's that go. had five-year high prices. So for these one, two, three, four, six, six cards uh, between uh, March and October here, um, and and a few of them were again. September data um, hit new five-year high prices. Now, again, it could have been a buy it now and someone just pulled the trigger. It could have been a really, really well-centered, great eye appeal card for the grade type of, of sale. But we have the 52 tops Hoyt Wilhelm, 53 Bowman P. Reese, 57 tops Bill Mazeroski. Not too unsurprising, the 57 tops Brooks Robinson. That was recent, probably because of his recent passing. Uh, the 62 tops Gaylord Perry. Maybe something has to do with the 62 tops design on the wood border at higher grades than the chipping. I don't know. And, of course, the 71 tops Thurman Munson. So we have some individual slides to look at those uh, prices there. So, yeah, the, the Hoyt Wilhelm... Um, broke the uh, $4,000 mark. Um, not a whole lot of copies of the Hoyt Wilhelm in a PSA 5 have, have sold. There's a lot of times where they're just, you can see a lot of flat lines and that usually means that a card has not come up or sold in that given month. So we just carry the price from the last month to the next month in terms of being able to chart everything out. Um, there's been some, you know, spikes here and there, but it, it, there was a recent spike that that put it over four grand. Yeah, this is one of those cards I think that people are realizing. Oh my gosh, this is a relatively rare card. I mean, it's a high number for fifty-two tops. This, the Eddie Matthews, you know, yep. really kind of 
totally probably under the radar cards. Like you said, I mean, look, you could have bought it for less than a thousand bucks, you know, just a few short years ago. It's four X that now I think there's just been more awareness within the hobby of some of these rookie cards that are, whoa, that one, you're not just going to see those every day. Yeah. You know? And it's a gorgeous looking card, by the way. I mean, it it's is a cool looking card. <laughs> I need that one. I need yeah. that one. Yeah. All right. Yeah, of course, um, we have the speaking, speaking of gorgeous looking cards. Yep. It's the 53 Bowman uh, Pee Wee Reese. Again, for, for a while there, for the first you know year, year and a half in the index, wasn't really doing much. Then I think, you know, had a nice little probably COVID spike there in early 2021. And then it wasn't a lot of sale activity for PSA 5s. Again, we're looking at PSA 5s. Then there was a little drop. But then the last sale uh, that we have uh, at the as of September uh, broke the $1,000 mark. Great I think it was card. 1050 I think that was the, the, the price there. But Totally great card. My favorite card of all time. Well, I think that's what caused the spike. I talk about this card a lot. Yeah. Being my favorite card and my influence on the hobby is so great. Absolutely. And no said no one ever. So Mike says you go by. Yep. Yeah, right. <laughs> um what let's talk about that because we showed the cards at a low. Like yep. I'm going, I'm promise you after I get off this video, I'm gonna go look for some catfish hunter rookie cards to buy cheap if I can find them. Uh in, in some good grades, I think it is important. We can tell you based on history and that's what you need to look at. Is this card price high or is it price low right now? Yeah. There's going to be different ranges of those, uh, research. When you start looking at the cards, you're going to find certain cards, man, this is kind of on the high end of where this card has historically been versus the low end. You want to buy low and collect high. If that makes yeah. sense, like buy low and keep them for a while till they go higher. Yep. And there are some cards that you can take advantage of right now. My point is, if you have a card that you've been looking for and you've been, oh, I just I stopped looking because they were too expensive. I would challenge you to revisit that and go yep. look and you might be surprised in a pleasant way. Yep. Now, now we, we've been using VCP data and to get access to that data, there there is a monthly subscription or, or yearly fee. But for those that that don't have VCP, um, eBay has uh, what's called a, a TerraPeak. You can do a Google search. It's, it's it's free. It's just a different website address. And you can type in the card and it goes back a long ways. So rather than just do uh, sale data, if you do recently sold, I think it may only go back three months on like your your phone or the website. This TerraPeak, it's, it's free. So anyone can do their own data research. You just type in the card and even PSA. And again, it's only for eBay. But again, if you're shopping on eBay, it'll give you a relative sense of, is this card going down? Is it going up? What 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 should I pay or what should I bid on this card uh, to get it for, for a good price? Love it. The 57 tops of Bill Mazeroski. Um, now, this one, and again... Uh, I don't know. Middle of 2020 started its its run a little bit uh, through the middle of 2022, uh, pulled back a little bit, but then we had a, a new record high sale right around that that $200 mark for the Mazeroski rookie. That could be, you know, Mazeroski's still alive, right? Yeah. And yep. maybe people speculating 
after Robinson passed away. Hey, let's go look at the, oh, there's a Bill Mazeroski. I need that one too. You know, or he's old too. You know, maybe I should go buy his card now. Yeah. Because it's still relative to the Robinson, very cheap, right? Oh, yeah. We'll next. Yep. Brooks Robinson here. Yep. Brooks Robinson. Now, this one here, again, for, for those who are, that are listening uh, on the podcast, uh, since we started data in, in the beginning of 2019, this is one of those few cars. There may be some other examples in the Vintage 100 Index where it is you don't see a covid covid spike you don't see a pullback it's been fairly slow it had this up and down but slow and steady going up uh started in the index right about probably 275 bucks in its recent sale at a thousand and it's just been slowly slowly going up um i love that card yeah way better than it's 58 right oh yeah <laughs> and then we have the 62 tops gaylord perry another card that maybe not as um sort of straight line up as uh the brooks robinson but again one that really hasn't didn't see a huge spike and then a, 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 a rollback uh just slow and steady going up and in, I forget exactly what the, the January, February, March, April, maybe around May, I think, May, May or June, um, hit the $300 mark. Now, the, there's been a few sales after that that have been lower. Um, but at one point, and again, it could have been a very nice eye appeal card. You got the, the solid blue background, but the 62 wood border, uh, it may have been one that was very well centered, hardly any chips, but there's some technical grade that dropped it to a PSA six and it could have been a buy it now and someone pulled the trigger on it. So. Um. Yeah. Interesting though. I mean, I think it's important to note it hit the 300, but then the next month it was 150 again. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's a, that's a big, certainly a big percentage change difference, but even in just dollars, you know, would you rather, if I asked any collector would rather pay $300 for a card or 200, they're all going to say 200. Right. So yep. I think with a card like this, that kind of fluctuates, mm -hmm. just know, know the range too, not just the high point and low point, but okay. Somewhere in here is good. The lower, the closer I can get to 200, say for this card would be better. Uh, and, and being patient. Right. Yep. And, and, and again, the, the, the dips in these indexes, could very well be more auctions and buy it nows and the hires could be buy it nows and whoever's out there. I, I don't know. Maybe they, for whatever reason, buy it at a certain price and it goes in there, but then an auction, if there's is not a whole lot of bidders, you can pick something up fairly cheaply. So yeah. yeah. Be patient for an auction. Don't just hit the buy it now just because, we have yep. this, you know, I want it right now, you know, uh, mentality in our life and patience might pay off. No, no pun intended. Yep. And the last one is the, the classic 71 tops. Thurman Munson uh, saw it spike to about, uh, I think it was around $1,100, uh, probably in May, it looks like April, April, May. Um, then it dropped again back down and then the the next maybe two months afterwards, you're, you're talking about maybe something around the 550 mark. So it's like half again, just like the um, Gaylord Perry. 
So, you know, what caused that, that spike again, as I was entering the data, I'm like, what's with this card? And it looked like a normal card. So the listing was fine. The data point was fine. Um, But yeah, it, it spiked again. This is another one. If you can see the chart uh, similar to the Brooks Robinson, similar to the Gaylord Perry, uh, this 71 tops Thurman Munson has always been a favorite uh, with vintage collectors and it's seen a general slow and steady increase in terms of its price. Yeah, classic card. Not surprising that it's a more valuable card, even though he's not a Hall of Famer. Cool cards just cost more money, right? Yep. And this this definitely qualifies as that. Plus, you have it's a PSA seven. It's a seventy-one with that black border and center. Even even if you get a solid border on that Munson, the centering is just notoriously off. So for that 71 months, and you could have just an issue of it could be a PSA seven, but it's more off center than another one. And people will pay more for that well-centered Munson. I know I took, even though I bought a five, it took, I was very patient because I wanted one that was fairly well-centered and, and they're not easy to come by even in, especially in lower grades. Sure. Well, I have to commend you. Amazing job putting the data together, showing us some kind of outliers, both on a good and a bad side. We want to try to be fair and balanced here on cards. But it's to me, it shows that. I Again, I think vintage is the long game. Yep. And if you're you have got to think that way when buying vintage, I bought cards through the covid spike. No question. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to sit here and tell you guys to do something that I didn't do. I, I bought cards too, mm-hmm. but I was a lot more patient and I wasn't, I was like, this isn't going to keep going forever. Yeah. And I'll enjoy, I wish I, every one of us to a man would probably admit we would all go back, sell our entire collections in the COVID spike of 20, early 2021 and buy them all back today and be much better off right but yeah you can't look at it that way i'm trying to acquire cards so i want to be patient i want to know what i'm looking you know when i'm searching for a card i want to see the range of prices i want to try to be on the low end of that yep recent sales that kind of thing and uh it's i just think this is so much fun to actually see it play out that way john and i appreciate you doing it Oh, my, my pleasure. And again, stay tuned. We'll, we'll have more, more data points, more, more cards to look at, more trends, and it should, should be interesting. Yeah, I'm excited. So what do you think? Does the data tell you anything? This will be kind of our final thoughts here. Does the data tell you anything about where vintage prices might be going, say, over the next six months to one year? I, I, I don't see, again, you, you may have exceptions with particular cards uh, but a, as a whole I don't see prices going up I, I think there's still going to be in, in in six months I would not be surprised if we look at the the data of the last last six months then um, that we still see that up and down and maybe leveling but you know I think a lot of it may still have to do with how the economy is going to be in 2024. I, you, know, you hate to like talk about economics when it comes to sports cards, but I, I think another impact there is people's wallets. 
that they have other things, other priorities that may come up to say, hey, okay, I can't buy a card this month or whatever. And maybe there's fewer people bidding on a certain card in an auction, which means it may be sell for less. Uh, or that that buy it now that's been listing out there, someone really needs that money. They want to they want to liquidate their inventory. So then they they drop the price or make it a best offer and accept something lower. So I think there's still going to be that pressure uh, down on, on vintage cards. I don't think it's going to crash or anything like that. But at the same time, I don't think we're going to start seeing some sudden spike and, and increase. That's my thought. I literally couldn't agree with you more. The downward pressure from the macroeconomic effects of what's going on in the world with inflation, with money needing to be spent other places. I think you're right on point. I think it will continue. I don't, again, I don't think it's going to be like this crash, like vintage cards are, are going to crash and not be worth anything. Yeah. I just think you have less buyers. And when you have less buyers, less demand, prices are going to go down because mm -hmm. more people are prioritizing other things in life. Other pe people are getting out of the hobby after the, spike now we're you know three years out from on three and a half years from the beginning of covid so it's that allure of being in the hobby just for giggles has kind of gone away mm -hmm. and you're going to start we'll keep a lot of those people no doubt in the hobby but some will leave and so there's just less less demand and uh, again as a collector that's great if you're a seller maybe not so great yep. uh, you may have missed your window a little bit on that but there's going to be continued. I think it's only going to get worse again, not markedly, but just we're definitely going to see prices go lower. So that's where, again, staying patient, waiting, you know, look for the cards you want, but don't be afraid. Oh man, it's just a little high for me. Okay. You'll be all right. Yep. Look for yeah. opportunities. They'll, they'll be, they'll, they'll be opportunities yeah. out there. Just, just be patient. Don't necessarily, Oh, you see a listing and just, Go after it again. Do your homework, and again, Mike, we're we're on the same wavelength in terms of hey, I want to buy a card as as cheap as possible, but look nice and stuff. And um, th there'll be those opportunities out there. I I recently picked up a couple that I'm like, wow, I I got it for that price. I got it for under the average comp, not like under the high comp. I got it under the average comp. I'm like, right. So right. there there's there's some deals to be had out there, for sure. And again, in-person cash deals, even better deals, I would guess, would, yep. would be true versus buying on eBay or whatever. Uh, man, great stuff, John. Really appreciate your help in uh, putting this day together and coming on here to share where we're at, you know, 18 months later after our first attempt at this. I hope this becomes our second most popular video. Yeah, that'd be nice. Podcast on Golden Age of Cardboard. You, I've just... What's what's your cut for doing? I can't remember. Is it eighty percent? I have to pay you. Uh, but we're, we're we're still in negotiations after a year and a half. We haven't quite <laughs> nailed it down. <laughs> well, I appreciate you, my friend. Thanks everybody for watching. Thanks for listening. Would love to hear what you think down below in comments. Would love you guys if you're listening on podcast, go out there and leave a review for the podcast. That would help, and really appreciate it. Thanks guys for watching, listening. We'll catch you next week for another episode. Keep collecting.